This episode is brought to you by From Within Records, Killing Me. New single, Deceivers, is out now. You can listen to it on Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, Bandcamp, YouTube, wherever. Keep an eye out. Full EP will be out very soon. Today is the first day of This Is Hardcore. Shout out to anyone who's going to the pre-show. Shout out to everyone who's going to the entire fest. But please make sure to stop by the Seed of Pain merch table to grab yourself an early access code to the Carbonite EP. And pre-orders for that EP will be going live on July 13th. But for anyone who's curious and wants an early listen, I highly suggest you head over to the Seed of Pain merch table, grab that early access code, and listen to it ASAP. I was blessed with an early copy and it's awesome i love carbonite they rule and i'm happy to see them active so please do yourself a favor and go grab one of those codes before it's too late also my good buddy bob wilson will have limited amount of copies of his rebirth fanzine at the fest and i have to give this a special shout out because i had asked bob if i could get a copy because i'm so curious i'm such a fan of pa hardcore so he was nice enough to send one over and it's a great read for people who love diving deep into the lore of bands that came before this is a must read so i highly suggest you grab one while supplies last and if you're not following from within records on social media please go boot up your twitter your instagram click that follow button to stay up to date on all the current news and like i always say please support from within records because they support us also my friends over in wilkesbury pennsylvania Good Fortune Printing. If your band needs high-quality merch from a great company, please hit them up. They do a lot of great stuff. They print merch for a lot of your favorite bands. So if you're in need, if you're looking for a new home, if you're looking for high-quality stuff, I highly suggest you hit up my friends over at Good Fortune Printing. You can follow them on Instagram at Good Fortune Printing. You can contact them through email, contact at goodfortuneprinting.com, and you can thank me later. On today's episode... We had to track down our good friend, Anthony, and this is a rare one. I speak about it in the episode, but where I come from, the 760, the Palm Springs area, our scene, it's an interesting one. From our generation, there's literally three of us left. It's me, it's Anthony, and there's this guy named Andrew. He plays guitar in a band called Repeat Offender. I'm sure a lot of you have heard of them. So it's rare for me to have someone from back home on the podcast. And it was fun to talk about the past, to catch up and hear how Anthony is doing, because he's done a lot for being in the scene, played in some awesome bands. I know a lot of you have heard of some of his older stuff, but he plays in a newer hardcore band. And that's the main reason why I wanted to have him on a new band called Two Guns. If you're not familiar, you can boot up the Hardcore Caviar playlist, which was recently updated. Two Guns is on that playlist, or you can head over to their Bandcamp. You can boot up your Spotify, Apple Music, and listen to the Two Guns record. It's awesome. It's something that I'm super stoked for. They're a brand new band out of Arizona, and they rep Arizona hard. So I hope all of you take the chance to listen to Two Guns and all the other bands that Anthony plays in. We talk about the 707s. Go listen to Supercharged and Supercharged 2. Amazing, amazing music. I I'm, I can't really put a finger on it, but I just love driving through Orange County, just bumping Supercharged 2. It's a great feeling, especially when the weather is nice out. Like I can get my windows down, catch a vibe. It's super awesome. And for anyone who doesn't know about Young Lords, 
There's a lot of cool people in that band. The music's awesome. So please go check out Young Lords. And there's a new project that he uh, mentions uh, in the podcast, uh, Talks of a Super Band. And I'm very interested to hear that one because when you mentioned the people that are in it, I'm friends with some of them and I had no idea that this super thing was going on. So I'm very, very curious to hear what this new band sounds like. But please listen to all those bands. I know it's a lot, but there's nothing but time. Just you don't have to do it right now, but I highly suggest you do it right now. But when you're running out of your favorite podcast, when you're looking for something new, I'm telling you, just listen to any of those three bands. You can thank me later, but please strap in, enjoy this conversation. Without further ado, welcome Anthony to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. How's it going? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm, I'm doing good. This is a, a super rare occasion because when I think back to where we both come from, there's only uh, two other people that come to mind that are still active in hardcore besides you. There's there's me, there's you, and there's <laughs> Andrew who's currently playing in repeat um, offender but outside of that it, it kind of seems like uh our entire scene just kind of fell off which is like the weirdest thing to think about i know right because like i feel like it ended on such a high note with that last uh if tomorrow never comes show yeah and they uh you know like at that time right i'm the the, the, the kinds of shows that if tomorrow never comes in Malls Murder were playing just the kind of attendance that they had. It, it was um, insane to, to think about just those kinds of turnout, but for it just, just to just fizzle in our, in our little city too, it was so crazy. Yeah, and, and for, for it to just kind of to kind of like phase out, it, it's just kind of weird. Um, so it, it, it's cool that at least like, you know, I, I'm not the only one, right? So it, it, it's cool to know that like you and Andrew are, are still out there doing stuff. For sure, for sure. I uh, I sometimes like uh, I get super curious and I'll like uh, lurk like, you know, some of the people in the desert that still book shows and stuff like that. And I'll just see like uh, what what bands got going on and stuff like that. And they got a little scene going right now. It's a little backyard show scene and, and, and it's cool. But that's how it starts. You know, like that's how our shit started. Like, I feel like we were having like <clears throat> cool ass shows at venues and stuff like that, like Rockfire and the Elks Lodge and stuff like that. And then those places fell off and then. We went heavy on the backyard shows in uh, in Palm Springs and Indio for a second, and uh, I feel like that's where they're at now in the desert. They're just doing their backyard show thing right now, and uh, I feel like it's getting more and more solid. Because mm-hmm. every time I check in and see what's going on over there, it looks like it's getting more and more prominent. You know? Yeah. yeah. There, there's a band right now called uh, Face Facts, who I, I had a chance to talk to when I, I ran into them out here in Orange County. And uh, it was just uh, pretty interesting to know that uh, that um, these newer kids are popping up and it's cool because I, I was kind of talking to them about the the history and like what kind of stuff uh, went on before their time. And they were just like blown away and were really surprised. And they literally had no idea. Like I was, I was asking them if they knew like about If Tomorrow Never Comes or It Involves Murder. And they just 
just no Nothing. clue. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, you know, one, one thing that I never really knew uh, about you is um, how'd you end up in Arizona from living in the desert and then you just moved out to Arizona and just kind of have set up there and been there for a long time? Um, so, uh, so like you're saying, like we're, me and, uh, Jamie, like we're, we're both from, uh, Palm Springs, India, like the Coachella Valley, Southern California. And, uh, when I graduated high school, uh, I was playing in, uh, my band colors, I was playing drums. And, uh, once I graduated high school, everybody was kind of going to school. They were going to, you know, all the, they were going to get jobs and all this stuff. I didn't have anything really going on in the desert. So, um some friends that I'd met through playing in colors in Arizona, they played in a band called bad vibe. Um, one of the last color shows we played was in LA with them. And I just always kept in touch with the drummer and the guitar player. They were brothers. Um, and I just always kept in touch with them and stuff like that. And I also, we had a mutual friend that had moved out there, um, at the time, uh, Carlos, I don't know if you still are friends with him. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, but, but, uh, um, he had moved out here too. And uh, he was dating a girl and their relationship had kind of went a little sour and uh, he was just out here by himself. And he invited me to come live with him uh, and he would help. And he told me he'd help me get a job at the place he was working at at the time, which was Chipotle. And I was like, hell yeah, dude, I'm not doing anything over here. I'd love to go out there and just, you know, I already got some friends out there. You're out there like I'm super down, like whatever. Like I love the opportunity. And I just came out here and just never left. I just got really comfortable here, made more friends um got more jobs ended up getting my own apartment a couple times uh met my ex-girlfriend had my daughter you know it just it just kept happening here you know yeah and uh one link up that i, I was uh you know uh, hyped to see is because um, i i knew you i um, definitely had to have known eddie before you moved out there right dude okay so that that was so such a crazy thing because uh, when I met Eddie, Eddie was the, he ended up being the basis of the beautiful ones, but he was also the vocalist for Beg for Life. Mm -hmm. Um, you, you remember Beg for Life used to play our, our town like every other weekend. Mm -hmm. So I'd seen those dudes for like years before I even knew any, what any of their names were. I just knew their band, but I knew what Eddie looked like. Um, and, uh, he had moved to Tempe to, to Phoenix from, uh, Yuma. Mm -hmm. So we ended up running into each other at, um, I think it was, I think it was ringworm and nails playing the Nile. I think it was, it was, it was either ringworm and bitter end or ringworm and nails at the Nile. I forget which one, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I think we met at that show or, or some show at the Nile and we just re realized like, Oh shit. Like you're the dude from beg for life. And he was like, Oh shit. You used to play it used to hang out with all the ITNC dudes, all the If Tomorrow Never Comes dudes. I remember those guys. Like, what the, what the fuck? And we just, you know, stayed friends ever since. And honestly, like, low-key, it's, it's just been me and Eddie homied up, like, ever since. That's crazy. I, I yeah. yeah. For some reason, I, I thought you guys were, like, closer before you even moved out there. That, that, that's wild to hear. Yeah, no, nah, dude, we totally met out here. Random coincidence. Like, my first year out here, his first year out here. We were, but we both like barely knew anybody. Like we, we, we knew like that we had like the same mutual friends, but like we weren't as, as tight with them or whatever. And after that one show, me and Eddie literally became like some of the best of friends and it's been rocking with each other ever since. That's my, that's my dog. Oh yeah. And obviously for, for people who, um, you know, have followed your history, like you guys have played in a lot of bands together, um, and still are playing together. So that's only, um, cool to hear, uh, 
and for you to get out to Arizona, uh, were there ever any times you wanted to uh, move back? Because I know times can get rough. Like even for me, like moving out here to Orange County, there there was one moment where I'm like, man, I'm ready to go back home. This isn't really working out. Um, I did, I did. I ended up moving back home to the desert for a year, and um, it was a strange time, man. It was just, it was just so weird. I was so used to my life being one way in Arizona, and then I ended up having to come back home. Me and my girlfriend at the time, we ended up splitting up and um, I just like couldn't get it together out here. So I had to come back home and chill with my dad and like kind of get my mind right and get my uh, situation right um, for a second in the desert. And uh, I only lasted a year in the desert. I moved one. I like reached a breaking point. I was like, dude, I can't. It's so stagnant here. Like, I can't. I can't. I got to get out. Like, I just got to get back to Arizona. I know I can make it work. Like, I just got to do it. Like, I'm just going to do it. Mm hmm. And I moved back. I think it was 2015, and I've been I've been back ever since. Hell yeah, that, that that's cool. That, that you liked it that much to to end up um, you know, going back. Yeah, it took me leaving for me to realize how much I really loved, like my my situation in Arizona, and how much I really love like my people in Arizona, and just my life in general in Arizona. Like I, it took me having to it took me walking away from it to realize how like much I really in in like liked my life in Arizona and how comfortable I felt in it, you know? Mm -hmm. And as far as music, cause I'm um, obviously before moving out there, you um, played in some bands. Um, when was it uh, when you had the idea to start doing music stuff out in Arizona? Honestly, like I, I didn't have like a plan to do any music in Arizona. Like I was just, when I first moved here, I was 19 and I just had no plan. I was just like, I just want to hang out with my friends and try to make some money and just, chill like i had no real plans no real direction you know like i was a 19 year old kid just like wanting to just hang out with my friends all the time and um everybody here was doing that you know um so it just it just uh oh i'm i'm sorry i i, I <laughs> it's so funny i just lost my train of thought what were we talking about uh, uh, you starting music in arizona like how did that yeah, all start that's right that's right i'm so sorry you're all good um but yeah everybody was just like friends just hung out all the time here and eventually everyone started finding out little by little, like how much I really play music. Cause like, I've always like been kind of more like low key about like how, how super, super serious I am about playing music when I do play it. Um, so like the dudes, like they, like I said before, they played at a band called bad vibe. They'd asked me to, uh, join the band bad vibe on bass. And, uh, it started there. Like once we started practicing, I started being like, yo, like, I, like you guys are great, but like, take this more serious dog. Like, when we get together like let's let's work on this shit like let's write something let's do something like let's let's be more than you know what i'm saying than where we're at and um you know all of our friend group our huge friend group started taking taking to that and uh another our our friend spencer and a friend of ours by the name tavita they were trying to start a band and they specifically just asked me they're like yo do you just want to we want to start a band that sounds like uh new york hardcore type stuff like life of acne biohazard stuff at the time, like that was my favorite thing. Like I was just getting really into the whole New York hardcore thing with uh, Biohazard and Life of Agony and and stuff like that. So I was super super excited they'd asked me to do something like that. I was like, hell yeah! What do you guys want me to play? Like I've been kind of messing around with guitar and kind of writing riffs here and there. Like I've never played guitar in a band. I I really want to do that. So I kind of already got a song written. Check it out. What do you guys think? Played it for them and they're like, yep, we're starting this band now. Let's go. And uh, that's after that. Like it was just in and out of bands, in and out of bands and doing stuff like that and uh, helping out friends with bands and doing beautiful ones until beautiful ones got more serious. But like Tavita and Spencer and me, that was them asking me to 
start a band with him. That was the start. Of, that's how beautiful one started. And at that point, did you even have any idea on how far it would take you? Because even to this day, I, I still hear people, you know, asking about you guys, which is which is so crazy to me. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I had no I, I had no idea that it would reach to what it did. You know, um, I just wanted to just make music with my friends, you know, like uh, was learning. I learned so much about writing music and playing music in that band, you know, started it when I was 19 and did it till I was until now, you know, pretty much. So uh, I pretty much grew up playing in that band, you know, like really became an adult playing in that band. And uh, my lack of know how really showed our lack of know how really showed sometimes. But uh, I'm really grateful that people like appreciate that band and it's celebrated sometimes, you know, um, I'm really thankful for that. Like, I'm, I'm never like the person that's like, oh, yeah, pay attention to me. Like, I did this and I've done all this. Like, I'm so great or this and that because I, I genuinely don't feel that way. I feel like music is subjective and, you know, anybody can be into it. Anybody can be not into it. So I'm just always really appreciative to the people that are into the things that I put out creatively. And uh, Beautiful Ones is one of those things. It's like really, really, really kind of special to me because, like I just said, like I grew up, I became an adult playing in that band, you know, so it'll always be pretty special to me. And as far as the state of the band now, um, you know, where does it stand? Cause I, I know people are always, like I said, I, I still hear about it to the same people asking like, Oh, like, like, why don't they do anything? Where, what, is there going to be a new record? Um, like what's your stance on everything? Um, right now, beautiful ones is, is inactive. I don't, I don't know if we'll ever go back to it. I just feel like we, we, uh, we, we really got to a point with the band where it was just like, um, it just we just felt like it just like peaked you know what i'm saying like we felt mm -hmm. like we hit our high and um we don't really know like for a band like us like how much further we really go we could really go and how many opportunities we could really present for ourselves so we just kind of just thought it would be best to just you know let's just focus some energy into some new projects because um you know we have a lot of music that we want to make we have a lot of things we want to put out creatively cre creatively um so it's like let's just we're like just focus our energy towards that and uh you know, we just started doing other other projects and stuff like that. I think the main thing that that really started that off was uh, I started a band a few years ago with a good friend of mine named um, Austin Ellerbush. Mm -hmm. We started a band called Divine Hammer out here, and um, it was with the drummer of Beautiful Ones and our friend Andrew Vignes on bass and my friend Austin on vocals and me on guitar. And it was just you know just a noisy like hardcore punk band. Um, again, we didn't really have much direction, but. The, the how easy things were with that band and how fun things were with that band really opened my eyes and showed me that like hey man like I, I don't it doesn't have to just be beautiful ones you know like I can I can focus my creativity like in other avenues and have fun too so I need to really capitalize on that and that's where I'm at now like from that with Divine Hammer um, our friend the my friend that was singing Austin he ended up passing away um, from cancer and uh, you know it was really hard on our on our scene in our community he was loved by everybody and he supported everybody really extreme um important figure in our community and uh, losing him was was intense you know it got dark um for a lot of us here for a second and uh, i think once we got out of that darkness we were just like you know, we just got to keep creating like we just got to keep making music like let's just keep doing things and every time we do something cool i feel like we're all just like man austin would love this like he would love to be here to hear this and see this and just like give us input and spitball ideas like so that's that's really like uh, like one uh, one thing that like really keeps us motivated too, you know.
hundred percent. Yeah. And I'm you know definitely sorry to hear about your friend. Obviously I, I follow you on social media. So I um, saw, um, you know, your posts about your friend passing. So um, like I said, I'm, I'm definitely sorry to hear about that. Definitely rough times, but I, I am happy to know that you guys are all, you know, able to pull through those dark times, but still, um, you know, honor his memory and still, you know, think about him. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Gotta, uh, do the best to keep him alive. You know what I'm saying? Or keep his like spirit alive. Like, it's it's really hard with this life stuff it gets it gets crazy you know what i'm saying like life definitely takes you in, in different directions and stuff like that but at the core of it with like our creativity and our and our music and stuff like that like it's not the driving force behind it but we're definitely always inspired to some degree by austin and uh you know his just like his influence and stuff like that like we like i i i every, Every band that I'm in now, like we've all had moments where it's just like, fuck, you know, I wish we could show this to Austin right now, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm also happy that uh, you as the beautiful ones were able to kind of have that, um, uh, you know, introspective, uh, you know, a sight on your band to be like, hey, like we've reached this peak. Let's, you know, take a step back, not, you know, completely close the door, but let's take a step back and do other stuff because we don't want to like, run it into the ground and kind of, I mean, tarnish the name. Because I, I yeah. feel like if you guys wanted, you could you could play a show tomorrow, and uh, you know tons of kids would roll out because uh, of what you guys have done beforehand. You know, yeah, and I and I and I appreciate and I respect that too. Like um, that, that that stuff is cool. Like I, I I definitely see like sometimes like the love that, that trickles out even on like Twitter and stuff like that. And um, I'm always really appreciative of it. But like uh, me personally, like I don't just want to ever just be like the beautiful ones guy. Mm -hmm. You know, like. I feel like if you meet me and you talk to me, like, you know, like it, I'm, I'm so much more than that, you know, like I, that's, that's a big part of my life and it's a, a big part of my identity. It gave me a lot of my identity, but that's, that's not all that I am. You know, like I'm, I'm into so much more than just that, you know, like I feel like beautiful ones kind of set this tone where I'm just like this, like, I just got this crazy buck wild ear for like weird, uh, like mixings of like heavy music and not heavy music, but like, Nah, man, I just like in Beautiful Ones, it just felt like that's the direction that the band needed to go. And, you know, it felt like we started out with like this heavy, like New York hardcore influence. And then we very heavily fell into our own like heavy melodic thing. And I just feel like I, I, I just don't want that to set the tone for for myself, because like I said, like I, I'm I'm into creatively so much more than that, you know. So it was also like not wanting to beat a dead horse of the band and mm -hmm. also not just like pigeonhole myself and put a ceiling on myself you know 100 percent, and that's smart too because some people will just fall in love with that little success that they have and think that's it and it it can ruin them so like i said i'm, I'm happy that you guys were confident enough and able to step away and do other stuff and not have to only rely on that one band yeah thank you man appreciate that like i said we just didn't we just we just didn't want to just be known as just like the beautiful ones guys you know mm -hmm. so and we're just doing our thing um seeing you filling in for alpha and omega um w w was that relationship born through doing colors because this is like you know obviously peeling back the current type stuff uh, like you know because i'm um, aaron from alpha and omega way back in the day um he recorded you guys right he did man he did um when uh i was like 17 i think um and i was just like i i learned how to play drums to play in colors my band colors and uh, that was the band i was in you remember from when i was like 16 till i was till i moved from uh california till i was 19 and when I was 17, um, back in the MySpace days, uh, you know, our vocalist for Colors had recorded, Leo, he had recorded our demo and we put it on MySpace and Aaron ended up messaging us on MySpace being like, yo, I record bands. 
I played a band called Alpha and Omega. I don't know if you guys have heard of us, but me and the drummer of Alpha and Omega, we record bands. We like your demo. We see the potential, but like we can make it sound better. So if you want, come down to LA, come down to the studio and we can, you know, get it going. So we did it. And uh, man, the session whooped my ass, dude. <laughs> it let me know um, how, where I really stood with playing drums, you know, and I really wasn't as good as I thought I was. And uh, it was just a hard reality check. You know what I'm saying? Like I never played to metronomes before or anything like that. And I wasn't really like, didn't have a lot of control. Wasn't very um, like, uh, wasn't very uh, accurate with my playing. And it just like really, really, really showed in that professional like studio setting. And um, it was just a weird, it was just the, like the, the, the emotions are just weird for that whole session after that. Like my drum tracks definitely like, took the life out of the fun of making a record and uh it just kind of kept us down in the dumps for the next couple of days that we were recording with them because the drums just sounded so bad <laughs> if i'm being honest mm -hmm. but uh luis you know uh aaron playing in alpha omega the drummer of alpha omega Rhett at the time doing the studio together luis was just popping in the studio so he was popping in hanging out with us and um you know we'd he just like was homing up with all of us. He took us to Taco Bell down the street and we just kicked it with Luis. And uh, that's how I met him. And from then on, like I never kept in touch with him. You know what I'm saying? I knew he was an L.A. dude. They were Alpha and Omega was like this was in my opinion, this was like the peak of Alpha and Omega. You know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. their, their, their stuff was just coming out like um, it was like what, like 2008? I'm 17. So, yeah, it must have been 2008. Um, and I think that's right when Devil's Bed was coming out, 2008, 2009. And, uh, you know, like they were off from Omega. So I was just like, you know what? That guy's got his own life. He's in L.A. We're in Palm Springs, like whatever. Like the dude was cool. But like, I'm not going to like, you know, be like, hey, bro, be my friend. Like I'm a young kid. You're in a cool band, whatever. I just, you know, did my thing, went back to the desert with our terrible record <laughs> and just kind of went back to the drawing board, you know, and just like kind of focused on becoming a better like musician and really understanding the instrument that I'm trying to play. So I just really focused on that. And uh when I turned 19 and moved to Arizona and started beautiful ones and stuff like that, um, we ended up opening, I think one of our first or second shows was opening for Alpha Omega take offense and, uh, some other band from the Midwest that, uh, nobody cares about anymore. But, um, uh, yeah, we opened for Alpha Omega and take offense. And, uh, I remember after we played, I was in the hallway loading out my gear and, um, as I'm loading out my gear, Luis is in the hallway. He was like, hey, man, you look familiar. Do I know you from somewhere? I was like, yeah, man, you remember when Aaron and Rhett were recording um, some band and they had a little black kid playing drums? I was like, that was me, man. Like, I was I was the drummer. He was like, you play guitar? I was like, I, I play guitar, bass, and drums. Like, I can play all three. Um, not very well, but I can play them good enough. And uh, he was like, oh, sick hell yeah well your new band is great he's like this is this is this is super sick this is so tight i was like hell yeah man thank you he was like uh and i gave him a demo and a shirt and uh after that we, we kept in touch and uh uh he ended up i think uh his bass player or guitar player at the time ended up not being able to do a tour and he just randomly reached out to me and was like hey man do you want to do this and i was like of course i want to do this like i love alpha omega like of course i want to play in this band like and I ended up after that, like I ended up playing off Omega till the end of it. From that point on, I played until the band stopped playing shows. Mm -hmm. And it was like 2011 or 12 until, yeah, the band was over. And that's crazy. 
Yeah, yeah dude, it was, it was real. It was real wild. It was a real wild time too. Being in that band was, was psychotic. Mm-hmm. But it's cool. That's why I, I kind of like hardcore, right? These like random encounters can turn into something really cool, just like totally unexpected. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I was uh, at the time, like I, you know, I was young. I think I was maybe like twenty years old at the time when when uh, he asked me to fill in for Alpha Omega, and I was just, I was just super excited, man. You know, like like I said, like around the time we were doing our shit in two thousand eight, two thousand nine, like Alpha Omega, like was like the heavy hard band, you know, like loved that shit i was super inspired and inspired by it um so to get the chance to like play those songs live and like be a part of that band i was so excited man it was everything it was like on a very small scale it's like you know you get to play with like your heroes to some degree you know it was it was really cool and i was really excited to do that shit i did it until i couldn't anymore you know <laughs> mm-hmm. and did, did you like being on the road because i know i'm being on tour it's not for everybody but i'm just curious for you since you've had a lot of experience doing it was that something that you enjoyed i enjoyed it a lot at first like i really 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 enjoyed it a lot at first um when i had my daughter is when things started to get really 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 um bad on the road you know mm-hmm. um you miss a lot at home uh you know you're limited to what you can do when you are home because of the commitments of the band and stuff like that. I was lucky enough to have a partner at the time um, that was really supportive and uh, really, really, really encouraged me to, you know, do those things and go out and like do those things for myself. Um, and I'm really, I was really thankful for that. But uh, truth be told, like after, after my daughter was born, like things on the road just got worse and worse every time. You know, and it got to a point where it was just like, I don't think I'm good at this anymore (laughs) or I don't think I'm built for this anymore. So I think I might need to step back from this, you know, and it it weighed pretty heavy on my home life. You know, I wasn't I wasn't present for it, you know, Um, and it was just it was it was pretty brutal, man. Um, So, I mean, I really enjoyed it at first, but I feel like now um, I feel like I still do see like the fun in it. But uh I'm enjoying like just being a dude from Arizona more than anything, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Yeah. Cause when you're on the road and you miss out on certain things, you can't, that's the kind of stuff you can't really get back. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, it's even harder to repair those wounds when you get home. You know what I'm saying? Um, so it was just like, like it was just another hard reality check that I feel like I really, really, really needed. And it was really, really hard for me to like accept it and walk away from it. But, once I did it, I was like, this was, this was definitely the right decision. Like I, I need to be present in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like I need to set the foundation for myself and I, and being in my band and, and touring and being in multiple bands and touring. Um, it just like, it, it wasn't, I didn't have the balance that I needed, you know, mm-hmm. so I had to, you know, kind of like take a couple things off my plate and really focus on myself. And it's been good. It's been really good. Yeah, that that's awesome to hear because some people can make the wrong choice, right? That they, they might be too scared to kind of step into you know th- that direction to where they're like, all right, like let's focus on um, you know what's at home, um, or you know they, they could fall in love with um, you know the life on the road, the wild parties every night. Uh, Absolutely, you know. So um, it, it's cool to see that you're able to realize that you need to find a balance and we're able to step away because sometimes it's it's not easy. Absolutely, absolutely. Like you get caught up in that. Uh just the feeling of like how exciting it is you know what i'm saying you forget about the real reality that is around you you know mm-hmm. being on tour it kind of warps your your sense of time and like reality you know what i'm saying like 
it's like your only goal is to make it to the venue to play the show. Like as long as we get to the venue and play the show, nothing else out in the rest of the day matters. And like, that's just a, such a gnarly, like, uh, like perspective to have on the world, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Cause there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of other more important things going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. That you're not taking the time to just like take in and process and, and respond to that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's that's just where I'm at now. Like I, I I did enjoy I enjoyed my time touring, but um, now um, turning 31 in September, I'm just like I don't think I don't think I would last on tour. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would I would miss my girlfriend, you know. Like uh, I would I would miss all my friends. I miss my daughter even more. It, it would just it would it would be rough. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Stay home. Strengthen that Arizona scene, you know. That's what we're trying to do right now, man. We got a, we got a really cool scene going on out here. And I always, uh, you know, I, I feel like, um, and, and this is no diss because I've always loved Arizona bands, but I always felt like Arizona, um, it was always uh, like not really stable out there, even though they were like this, uh, you know, very important bridge to like get to California or to, to get to Las Vegas. Um, but, uh, whenever I, I looked at, um, Arizona, sometimes I felt like people were not really taking it that serious. Um, but obviously with the resurgence, uh, with beautiful ones taken off and, you know, kind of put, putting everyone on notice, I, I feel like you guys definitely, um, have played and are playing an important role when it comes to Arizona hardcore. I, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Um, me, me personally, I feel like, um, uh, it was after, beautiful ones like people really started paying attention um not specifically because of us i feel like once uh the band gate creeper started out here Mm -hmm. people people really then people really started to be like oh what is going on over there and we've always had um the band sex prisoner from tucson Mm -hmm. who's always been doing their thing too who's always been pretty 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 prominent and um you know their respective like punk and hardcore scene too so um you know, there's there's always been something here. Like if you really, really, really look in Arizona, there's always been something going on. But I feel like um, us being on tour and and being so like hard on we're from Arizona, you know, like at one point we were playing with like Arizona flags over our cabinets. You know what I'm saying? Just to let people know, like they're like Arizona does. We, we have a lot of music going on in there. You should check it out. We're not the only ones like. But uh, yeah, man, I feel like Gate Creeper getting more and more popular as the years go on, like really, really, really opened everyone's eyes to the scene out here and really, really, really like put the city on the map. And it's, it's just like, it's, it's gatekeepers breathe new life into our city. Like a lot of younger bands are like wanting to do things. Now they inspired a lot of people and it also trickled over into the hardcore scene. We had a really, really, really strong punk and metal scene for a long, long time. You would think that that would mean our hardcore scene would be thriving too, but it, it never meant that. Like, it would just mean that like the punk shows would be insane and the metal shows would just be insane. And all the bands were super, super, super good. But uh, because we didn't have that like, like really, really, really strong hardcore thing going, um, that kind of just kept falling, falling under the, under the water. Uh, you just kept like, you know, going under the, under the bridge and stuff like that going unnoticed. And now I just feel like, um, in more recent years after the pandemic and stuff like that we've had a more recent band pop up called uh by the name of skin ticket and another band by the name of war prison from tucson um with them like kind of like starting up and being like like really 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 hard like undeniably like hardcore bands um they've been like breathing new life into the scene and they've got a whole crop of kids that are coming to shows now um skin ticket just played a show last week um 
a, at a local venue called the beast here all local bands they were headlining and it sold out Hell yeah. i haven't seen i haven't seen something like that i haven't seen a, a band here sell out a show that was from here since like besides gate creeper you know mm-hmm. so the fact that uh this band that i feel like not a lot of people would know outside of arizona is selling out shows in arizona pretty crazy yeah no it shows a strong support for the local scene that that, that always has me curious it, it, i feel like um out here uh, i i always think about that because i actually uh, uh, i hate talking about this but i just started booking shows <laughs> not by that's choice awesome. <laughs> yeah that's, but, that's super awesome um but I, i'm always curious now I, I wonder i'm like huh it's like if i wonder if i just kind of not include any touring bands like could we do like a like an all locals like you know banger you could you could and it, it 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 depends on the how hard the locals support their bands but now like i feel like arizona like like they're understanding that like listen like if we want our scene to to be like something and be strong and and stuff like we have to support it too like our bands from here if they're good like we have to we have to support them we have to encourage them because um with beautiful ones like you know we alienated ourselves you know like we in arizona we were like we're just to ourselves like we only know the five of us that's all we're going to stick to. That's all we really need. Like, we just want to focus on doing our band and writing our music. So we were very alienating. We didn't really like branch out and invite people to be a part of our, of our thing. Like, and it was a huge mistake on our part because like we would play at home and, and it would be like crickets. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. because we weren't being present in our home scene. We weren't like supporting it either. We were just supporting Arizona. We would just leave and be like Arizona for sure. But like, we weren't being like, yo, let's bring out an Arizona band. Let's do some Arizona shit. Like, let's do this for Arizona. Like we were just like to ourselves and you know, like it just, it just doesn't work like that. And these new bands like are embracing their community and being embraced by the community. And it's really, really, really awesome. And it's inspiring to me. It's one of the reasons why, you know, we started a lot of our, of our new bands now, just because, you know, we see how cool the scene is and it's like, dude, this is awesome. Like, we all know each other at this point. We're all older and we all know each other. It's like, we want to be a part of this too, dude. We want to, you know, contribute to this thriving Arizona scene right now. You know, I didn't know that, uh, the beautiful ones had that kind of relationship with Arizona. Cause I've never been to a beautiful one show in Arizona. I always assumed yeah. that it was just popping off everywhere. That's crazy to hear. Nah, man, we, uh, yeah, I, I I love that. Um, it's really nice that, that like because the more consistent, the most consistent thing I hear about people when they talk about beautiful ones is like everybody felt like we were a lot more successful than we were, mm-hmm. and it's and it's just really really funny because like we were there, and um, we would we would get really lucky and we would play a lot of really really good shows, but the majority of those times we were getting crickets, man, <laughs> and especially in Arizona, like it just it just was a weird time in our scene back then. There was a lot of tension. And, um, you know, a lot of us, we didn't get along back then. So we just figured our best thing was like to just stick to ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we, we took that on the road with us and, um, it was just, it just, we, we, we had a, we just had a weird like thing with that band. You know what I'm saying? Like we were very much just like to ourselves, you know, it wasn't to like, it wasn't that we thought we were better than anybody. It wasn't that we thought that like someone would like taint our thing or anything like that. It was more so just like like we just are like such anxious and anxious and shy guys that like we just know ourselves like and we're comfortable around ourselves so we're just gonna stick to ourselves Mm -hmm. and hope this just works you know 
hundred percent. Oh yeah, for sure. That's, that's wild. And it definitely is like, um, you know, like fun and interesting to, to hear for, uh, from your perspective. Cause obviously like I see it like a whole different way, you know, from somebody who just listens to the band from like the outside looking in. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, okay, but but before we get into full on Arizona, um, I just had to ask you about um, Young Lords. Uh, you know, the, yes. was the band like more recently? Um, is that still a thing, or or was that just like a one time project? Um, so Young Lords is what like kickstarted our um, like thing of like writing of like making all these bands that I'm in now. Because I'm currently, I think I'm playing in like four bands that are going to be actively dropping music currently mm-hmm. um, that aren't even beautiful ones. And Young Lords is one of those bands. And uh, over the pandemic, like once it hit and it was like, and everybody figured out it was like kind of safe to do things with social distancing and wearing a mask. We uh, we started uh, meeting up and, and writing more Young Lords music. And we ended up writing about like 12 songs. Um, and it's just, just been taking us a while to like kind of get to those songs, get them finished. Um, but now we've been recently, we've been, we've been getting those done and we've been making some progress on them. Young Lords was a band that I started um, when I moved back to California um, in 2015 or 14, whenever it was that I moved back, I forget. But uh, when I moved back to California, I just uh, started, uh, I don't know if you know Nick, Nick Sacro, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, used to play in uh, Slow Paradise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's one of my good, he's one of my really good friends, you know, he's friends with Torn and Ronnie and everybody like that. So um you know, we all kept in touch. We all keep in touch. So when I moved back to the desert, you know, I just hit up all my our group chat and just was like, yo, man, like I'm back here. Let's hang out. And uh, me and Nick would hang out the most out of anybody. Me, Nick and my friend Ray, and my friend Troy. Um, you remember Troy? Yeah. Uh, um, Troy's good people. I, 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 I still, um, you know, we, we follow each other on social media. Um, we, we, we still keep in touch. He, he's a good guy. That's good, man. Troy is Troy is good people, man. Is mm-hmm. that That's my brother for real right there. We uh. We've gotten just closer and closer over the years as we become adults. And I'm really, really thankful for that dude. And uh, even our, our friend Ray, too. That's another one of my brothers. Like Ray and Troy are like the brothers that like I always wanted, you know, mm-hmm. from it. And it's, it's awesome. I'm so thankful for those guys. But uh, yeah, me and Nick would, would link more on a on a more musical thing. You know what I'm saying? Like we would link sometimes. And he, and he was like really into beautiful ones and was really supportive of that. And he was always like trying to encourage my creativity. So. When I moved back to the desert, me and him just started hanging out and naturally we just started writing music. Like I had I always had this idea that I wanted to make like non-aggressive music. I just wasn't the best at playing it. So like Nick really helped me figure out like just like kind of troubleshoot that, you know, and kind of like get my feet wet with it. And it was pretty awesome. We ended up writing, I think, two or three of the Young Lord songs with me and Nick together um, that are on the first EP me and Nick wrote probably two or three of them i forget the track listing um right now but uh for the most part like me and nick uh wrote like like six or seven songs together and yeah we used like maybe two or three of them for the first young lords ep and that was kind of the starting of it nick was originally supposed to play drums for young lords um and it was supposed to be a completely different lineup it was just going to be me and nick and luis at first i just knew that i wanted luis to sing for the band mm-hmm. i just knew that I, I just knew that if he could sing for this band like he would be the one to make it work and really bring it to life so that was really the only idea that i had i was just like i just know that i want to make like non-aggressive music and i want luis to sing for it so i'm just going to keep trying until i can make that work 
Um, and it took a long time too. It took a really long time. You know, it was like it was a style of music that Luis like wasn't the most familiar with. So it was like he also had to get his confidence and get comfortable within his role of that band. And it's just it's been it's been taking us some time. It's been really taking us some time. It's it's a slow burn for sure, but trust me, it's burning. All right, no, that, that that's something cool to hear because I know, um, you know, there was that that EP that came out, and there was a lot of um, you know, people excited about it, you know, and I, I was intrigued just because of um, who was in the band, just because I, I, you know, know you, know Eddie, and I was just curious to hear um, you know, this different style. So I'm happy to hear that it's still going on. The uh, the best thing about Young Lords is when you listen to the uh, Young Lords now. Um, uh, Eddie wrote. Uh, prisoner of love and california those are eddie's those are eddie's contributions to young lords like Mm. and um when you listen to the new stuff that we've done it's like all eddie so like now when you hear that band when we come back again like listen to that knowing that like this is eddie's like this is eddie's like writing this is this is his thing now like i play bass and i help with a lot of song structure but the general ideas for that band like i don't write anymore and i'm i'm really excited about it yeah, I feel like it, it makes things more exciting. I feel like we have a better dynamic that way, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I feel like with music, I, I feel like with music, sometimes my mind gets so simple. So it's nice to have someone to like bounce those ideas off of and stuff like that and kind of just like turn something into something else and vice versa, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, last thing about the, the um, you know, uh, people from the desert, uh, I, I don't know if this is a, a sore subject or not, because I'm not I'm sure about the relationship. But do you still keep in contact with um, Warren? Warren? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course, man. I love Warren. Uh, okay. Warren and Leo. Warren and Leo. We're in a group chat together. And um, it's, it's not a sore subject at all, man. Like, I, I know how things go with friendships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, like, I've stayed in touch with Leo and Warren from the start of everything. And they have been behind the scenes supporting and helping beautiful ones in so many different ways i remember some of our first tours we did we did in the colors van Mm -hmm. like we we bought the itnc van uh as colors and then colors sold its beautiful ones and beautiful ones we used it until we couldn't anymore um and you know even warren like let me borrow a bunch of guitars and amps early on because i didn't have a guitar i didn't have an amp and uh, we would always pass through palm springs to go to la to start our tours so it was nothing to stop in Palm Springs to just pick up some gear. And uh, they were always really supportive. Leo let me use like one of his amps and his cabinets for like almost two years. Those are those are some of my my really, really, really good, good, good friends. Like those those guys are like everything. We still send each other like the music that we're working on and just like random memes and jokes here and there. Like I, I guarantee if I check my phone right now, I got texts from them in my group chat with them. Okay. But, uh, no, the, yeah, the, we, we, we stay in touch for sure. That, that that's awesome to hear. Yeah, because I, I I don't know who's all still connected or whatever. So I wasn't sure if that was um you know a, 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 an okay thing to ask because I, I like Warren. There was a weird time he actually was living with me and Andrew at one time, um which was <laughs> <laughs> crazy. Uh, uh, but he, he he's a super nice guy. Um, I yeah, I. I can't remember. Man. Yeah, he he's super nice. I I can't remember the last time I I, I talked to Leo. Um, I I was surprised that he never um kept up with doing music. Like I uh, last I knew he like um was going to school to be- to become a history teacher. If I remember correctly, yeah, he, yeah. He, he uh he did that too, and uh, he's he's cool, man. I uh, Leo, I think Leo's never stopped making music. Okay. Um, he he is always like 
recording himself playing guitar and writing riffs for the moment that someone comes up to him and is like, hey, man, you want to start a band? He'll be like, yeah, I have a whole library of riffs. Let's go. What do you want to do? Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's uh, he's playing in a band with um, Haido. Oh, really? ITNC. Okay. Yeah, they, they play in a band called uh, uh, Bronca, I think is the name. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, Leo singing. Haido plays guitar. And I think Freddie Blue Hill is uh, playing, was playing bass. I don't know if he still is. Um, I don't know if you remember Freddie Jimenez. He used to play... Um, I forget what the name of their their indie band was. It was him and Wilbur. Okay, I, 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 I forget I, the name of the band. I, I know the band, but I, I can't remember the name either. Okay. Um, but yeah, they they and it's this kid Eric Freeman that plays drums, and uh, now nah, man, they play just ripping fast hardcore. Like, it's it's sick. They uh, I know they put out an EP like 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 either a year ago or 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 something like that. But yeah, they they're they're doing stuff for sure. Leo. Leo does something. He he's, he stays active in, in music for sure. And I, I have to ask, I, I know I said last thing, but I, I have to ask, there was this guy, he would put on shows in his backyard uh, by the name of Daniel. <laughs> does anybody know what happened to Daniel? Yeah, dude, we, we do know what happened to Daniel. Oh my God, it was so fucking weird, right? Um, Daniel was the original guitar player for our band Colors that, um, that I played in when I was a teenager. And... Um, we were straight edge when we were in that band and he stopped being straight edge like right after high school mm-hmm. and um his family you know they struggled with addiction a lot you know i know we've all been to you know his little uh his little house in north indio mm-hmm. we saw what their situation was like um so much worse than that that was just the surface you know and um you know he really went through it man and he he got really 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 messed up on a lot of really messed up stuff and it's really unfortunate because he was he could have he had a lot of potential you know what i'm saying like he was a really good songwriter great guitar player insane skater like one of the best skaters in the desert at the time you know what i'm saying like i remember daniel like we would just kick it and like we would hang out with like the laquita kids and stuff like that you know like torn in them and shit like that and 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 bro nobody could touch daniel daniel was just on another level you know what i'm saying um he's so much potential and uh it's just really unfortunate. Yeah, man, he just got caught up and uh, he just got chewed up and spit out by addiction, you know, and it really got the worst of him. And it was really, really, really weird because. Um, so at the time that I'm doing beautiful ones, I'm touring. I'm finding out that uh, one of the bands that we're on tour with, uh, again, like I mentioned before, a band from the Midwest that that uh, people don't really talk about anymore. Um, we were on tour with this band and. Uh, they're getting harassed by this kid on Facebook and they keep talking about it. They keep talking about it. They're like, dude, it's this weird ass fucking kid we've never heard of. And he's going on this, these weird rants on our Facebook page that like are so weird and random that make no sense, whatever, whatever. And one day we're outside of the show and they're all in a circle huddled up, like talking about this Facebook thing and, and these Facebook posts and rants. And I'm just like, dude, what the fuck is going on? So they show me it and I look at it and it says Daniel Bia. And I was like, oh man i was like this is so weird y'all this is such a weird like full circle moment like that's the dude that i played in one of my first like bands with like i know that guy like he's from the we're from the same city like that's so weird and uh while i was having that realization while that was coming full circle for me on tour my dad has had been calling me for like the past like year prior to that 
being like, hey, man, like I saw Daniel over outside of Circle K. Like I gave him 20 bucks, bro. He's bad. Like or I saw him outside of 7-Eleven, bro. Like it's bad. Um, one time, like uh, he like called Torin, our friend, and um, like tricked him into visiting him at like a, at, like a, psychi- a psychiatric ward. Holy shit. I didn't know about that. Dude, it was crazy. I guess Daniel like called Torin and was like, yo, man, I'm in jail and I need someone to pick me up. Can you come pick me up? Like, I just need someone to pick me up. Torin was like, what the fuck? Uh, sure, I I guess. Like, you know, like. Super you know, nice guy, Torin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super nice guy, Torin, man. Just like super sweet guy. Like, of course he was going to help his friend, you know? Yeah. Despite how weird it sounded. So he pulled up to the address and he got there and he was like, yo, I'm here to pick up Daniel Villa. And they were like, uh, he's not released they're like you can visit him you can visit him though if you want and he was like what the fuck like yeah let me let me see him i want to talk to him and uh yeah dude it was just like this whole weird thing and he just like pretty much just finessed him to come down there and like visit him at some facility it was it was such a weird thing that kids had such a weird life journey you know and it's and it's really sad to see my dad calls me every time he sees him every single time damn that's that is sad because obviously that 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 was you know someone in our peer group you were friends with them played in a band with them he you know would host those shows uh, you know shout out to him for being able to do that because i would never do a house show (laughs) i would never (laughs) never want to do a house show and we brought uh rotting out and creatures to his backyard and and that's what people don't realize like you know like there's like you know big bands like that it's still going to the desert towards like the tail end of like our stint out there um but that's crazy it's, it's kind of sad yeah, to hear man. yeah it's 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 super sad i get i get super bummed like every time because like man i'm so far away like i don't even know if i could even help that dude at this point like it's been so much distance between us since i moved like we had a huge falling out before that happened you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. we before um he got really 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 like spun on all that shit um we you know we kicked him out of colors because you know he was just a mess dude like he was drunk he was you know had a substance abuse problem and you know colors we were all straight edge at the time still we didn't we didn't understand that stuff you know like we were straight edge with no understanding of like substance abuse or alcohol uh, and being drunk and stuff like that. So we were just like looking at Daniel, like, dude, like you got to get your shit together, bro. Cause like, we're on, we're, we're on another wave and like, this is holding us back. So either you got to straighten your shit up or we're going to keep moving without you. And he legitimately was like, fuck you guys. Like whatever. I don't give a fuck. Like, you know, like you remember how Daniel was, he was really aggressive when, you know, he was confronted. So like, he, he got aggressive with us and we were like, all right, fuck you, bro. Like we're, we're, we're cool off you, you know? So we had a huge falling out after that. So seeing him like turn to that life, like it's just so sad because it's like, dude, like I don't even know where I reach in to help you at this point. Like there's so much distance between us and we've lived so much life separately. It's like, I don't even know where I could help this kid. You know? I think one of my sad. favorite, one of my favorite color shows, I don't know if you remember this, but you guys played inside somebody's house. It was it was in a, it was in a house and it was like a like a big open space so like the living room and the kitchen were all in like one big area. Yeah, and then Loki had like a stage in the house. Yeah, and I had I I was like this is never gonna happen again. I'll, I'll probably never be here again. So I was like fuck this. So during your guys' set, I staged over off like a kitchen counter into like a bunch <laughs> of people and like beer went everywhere. I, I thought people were gonna get pissed, but I, I just like staged them and got out of there. I was like I I know people are probably mad, but like I had to do this. That was probably, was it in India or was it in the, the cove? I think it was Indio, if I remember correctly. Did the did the beautiful ones play? 
I don't think so. Cause the cause one of the last things we did um after I moved to Arizona is Colors set up a show for beautiful ones in Indio mm-hmm. at someone's house. Um and the setup was similar to that and colors played also. And it was like the last time I played drums for colors. It was really rough, but it was really fun. Um before that we had played another house party in the Cove in the Quinta that was a similar setup to that where it was a huge house party that was packed out and um we played and it was the the dining room and the kitchen and the living room were like kind of together and there was so many people in there and there were definitely people jumping off the shit so it could have been either one of those but yeah yeah either way that's so that's so funny dude <laughs> that's so long ago okay that's crazy all right now i gotta ask you about um this other band you're playing right we're trying to cover all, all bases um the <laughs> is it i pronounce it 707s yep 707s Okay, which is uh, you know uh, not my uh, normal type of music that that I would listen to, but I you know obviously checked it out. I'm like, oh, this is actually really good stuff. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. I feel like that's uh, everybody's sentiment with uh, with seven oh sevens. You know what I'm saying? Like it's like like you see our imagery and you see how goofy and silly we we post about it on the internet, mm-hmm. um, but we don't ever really give away too much of the band's like identity. It's more so like just listen to it and you'll kind of get it. You know. Because when people listen to it, I feel like, like, oh, this is just like really cute, like rock and roll, like, you know, and uh, everybody that I've talked to about that band is always pleasantly surprised at what we sound like, you know, it's even it's even cooler when we play live um, and people don't really expect us to be what we are. You know, mm-hmm. they know that I have an, an, a very intense hardcore background and, um, you know, our singer, um, you know, he's hardcore adjacent, you know, like he loves a lot of hardcore and and you know he's he's a he's a punk kid to a degree and our drummer he's like a a better he's young but he's like a veteran drummer he's played in bands throughout the arizona scene his whole life so people see us and i think they think we're going to be a lot more aggressive than we are you know so it's always like a pleasant surprise like that band that band is really 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 fun to do like we have so much fun doing that doing that that whole situation um the songs come to us so easy you know like everything comes so easily from the moment we met up till now, like it's just been a breeze and it's been a blast. It's been so much fun doing that band. And as far as um, the name of like the records, is obviously Supercharged, Supercharged Two, and I, I know I, I read Supercharged Three is on the way. Um, is that going to be the ongoing trend? Which I, I think is uh, you know uh, funny and cool. But uh, um, one 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 thing, I'm um, I'm really glad that you asked me this question because like we were never gonna like come out and like give that away, but like our our plan um with 707s is um we kind of wanted to do like this uh supercharged what we call it like supercharged rock and roll mm-hmm. where it's like these um you know th- these these intricate like written like songs condensed to like consolidated to like one or two minute like bursts of music you know mm-hmm. so it's like really like quick short rock and roll um and what we wanted to do we wanted to do an ep series where it was you know continuing that trend and uh, we wanted to do our first two EPs of that trend and do a full length record a little bit apart from that and kind of break away from that supercharged, um, supercharged thing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and focus on like what we really are capable of as a band, you know, and really, really, really like be serious about it. Um, and then we'll continue our supercharged series for sure. I think we want to take it up to um, like four, but uh we're gonna we're gonna switch it. It's not gonna be like supercharged two, supercharged three. It'll be like, uh, it'll be I think it'll be volume three for the next one, and it'll just be like supercharged like the fourth or something for the last one. 
or like the last one or like we'll we'll come up with something but it won't just be like one two three and four like that like we'll we're, we plan to switch it up just to you know keep it funny and goofy and silly and stuff like that but uh that's that's the plan for 707s right now we're just uh it's really easy for us to write and put out music so we're just you know going with that we're just linking writing and trying to get as much music out as possible for sure no that that's cool i i, I definitely like that i'm you're not gonna just you know put yourself in a box with those um eps and you're gonna you know actually show your your full potential and what else you guys can sound like so that's awesome yeah definitely thank you and as far as like out there in arizona you guys uh, you know received pretty well by like you know the, the crowd of people that listen to you guys out there because i feel like with that sound you can kind of weave your way in and play a bunch of different types of shows not just you know one type oh yeah and, and we've been definitely capitalizing on that it's been really 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 great like again like um like i was saying like the the work that bands like skin ticket like have laid in the scene right now everybody is really 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 supportive and um we've been lucky to you know uh enjoy some of that uh support too and uh you know 707s as a band i think we've only played like six or seven shows mm-hmm. at this point and we've been a band for almost a year now so we haven't played a lot um i mean only playing in arizona like that is kind of a lot to us so um we've we haven't played a bad show yet like we've been lucky that people have either asked us to play their already cool shows or we get lucky where we set up events for our shows that end up just working out and people want to support it. So um, I'm really thankful for the support that we get in our city right now, because that's the main support that we're getting right now is just the support from Phoenix. And um, it's so awesome. Like we, this, this was like our band to be like the band that's like, we're from Arizona, like for sure, for sure. Like we do so much Arizona shit. Like we play Arizona events. We like, we're just like repping like this Phoenix thing, you know, like we're, trying to be phoenix's sweethearts you know for sure no i i, I think that's um, r- really possible and i think um you know people just have to be more aware uh, of the music because I, I feel like a lot of people uh you know w- would love what you guys are doing right now yeah we're we're, we're hopefully to get it to them you know we're, we're hoping like that we'll, we'll, we'll get it to them because uh we have some plans like we we did our first music video ourselves um which was really fun and it was a huge learning process for us um and now we're like trying to move on to our next one uh we definitely want to do another music video for supercharge too um before we move on to the next phase of the band you know we're we're, we're trying to keep it moving pretty quick with 707s because we noticed that the more content we put out the more the band grows like every time we, we we put more content out so we're just like all right let's just keep let's just keep the foot on the gas and let's just keep going so we're hopefully hoping to keep that momentum going oh yeah okay all right. Well, I, I want to uh, ask you about um, your, uh, you know, to me, your, your newest band, uh, Two Guns. I was, yeah. um, you know, uh, put on notice when my friend Tom Harris, right? Uh, he started posting about this. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, is Tom doing music again? Uh, because I met Tom through just being like this random, like hardcore group chat like years ago. And then obviously getting to see him when he would tour through with Trail of Lies and, uh, you know, just a really nice guy. So him and I stayed in contact and I knew that he had moved to Arizona. And I, I was always curious if he was going to um, you know, keep up with music. And when he posted Two Guns, I'm like, oh, cool. Like he's actually doing something new. And I didn't know who was in the band until I uh, you know found the Instagram and I, I started like, you know, I'm looking around and then I you know come to find out. I'm like, oh, shit. Like I actually know other people in that band. This is crazy. <laughs> um, but I, I'm, I'm curious, like, uh, how did you meet Tom? 
Oh man, dude, it's so crazy. Tom was like one of the first friends I ever made on tour, like almost 11 years ago at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't even with like beautiful ones. It was with beautiful ones, but it wasn't. Um, so before beautiful ones fully started touring, our drummer got asked to fill in for that band Hardside mm-hmm. from Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, they needed a bass player, so they asked me to fill in too. So we go, we go on tour with Hardside. Um, and uh, one of the first places we stayed was in Syracuse, and Tom was the one that put us up. And uh, we just really clicked with Tom, and we stayed in touch with him. He was playing, and he was singing for a band called Unfinished Business at the time. It was fucking hard. So, like, that's all we needed to know about Tom. And we just loved him after that. He was a nice dude. He opened his doors to us. His band was awesome. He was a genuine person. Like, we we, we were like, we got to keep, we got to stay in touch with this dude, like, by, by any means. Like, he's the coolest. Like, he's such a, just an awesome dude. And uh, over the years, man, yeah, we just stayed in touch. He uh, started playing in uh, Warhound. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we toured with Warhound a couple times. I feel like we were one of the only bands <laughs> that was willing to tour with Warhound. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, man. And which, is, which, is, which is so unfortunate because, like, I feel like they, they got such a bad rep on the Internet because of, like, Internet things. Yeah. But in, in person and live, like, they were such a tight, awesome band. Like, I feel like you would watch Warhound and you'd be like, oh, what the fuck, bro? Like, that's, that's what they fucking do? Like, that's fucking crazy because I remember being on tour with Warhound for eight days being like no one in hardcore is playing as tight as this band like they're so good like like just as far as like musicians go like there's such a strong like group of like musicians so to see tom join that was awesome you know i got to spend more time with tom you know and then to him playing in trail of lives and him being everywhere all the time it was it was awesome again you know what i'm saying and Tom has always stayed that cool, like goofy, humble dude. Like mm-hmm. I've never seen him change like ever. He's been that same person that he is today from the moment I met him. And those are the kind of people you got to keep in your life. And those are the kind of people you got to, you know, embrace and encourage. So him, him moving here was fucking perfect, man. Like um, he, he like randomly hit me. and was like, Hey man, I'm moving to Arizona. I was like, Oh shit, where are you moving to? He's like, I'm moving to Chandler. I was like, hell yeah we're definitely going to hang out. Like I was just thinking we would just like meet up and chop it up. And, uh, we did, we, we linked up and we, we hung out a couple of times. The, the guitar player, beautiful ones, the other guitar player, James, he does a burger pop up here called bad Jimmy's. Uh, I was going to get to uh, that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit, but, uh, me and Tom, like we, we pulled up to bad Jimmy's together and we just, you know, just homie shit, you know, just hanging out, chopping it up. And, uh, when me and Eddie like got the idea to start doing two guns, um, you know, we were like kind of like thinking like, you know, how who are we going to who do we want in this band? Like, who would be sick? And I was like, you know, like, it's hard because we don't know a lot of specific like bass players. Mm-hmm. It's always like someone that plays guitar that can play bass, you know. So like Tom, low key, like he can play guitar and bass. But like in my eyes, I don't know. I just see him more as like a, as a specific bass player. So when we needed a bass player, I was like, dude, I could ask Tom. I could just see what he says. And I asked him and he was actually down. He was like, yeah, dude, I'll do that. Like, I'll come to the practice. I'll, I'll come to the practice and check it out and see what you guys got going on. And I was just like, you know, I was really, really, really open with him. I was like, hey, man, like, if you don't if you don't really like think it's 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 cool what we're doing, like you can tell us and we won't feel weird. Like, you don't have to feel obligated to do this band just because we're friends and we have history and stuff like that. Like, you know, like we're we're grown enough where you can let us know, like, if this isn't for you, like and, and we can just keep being homies like it's no big deal Mm -hmm. he was like nah dude this is sick like i definitely want to be a part of this let's go and 
he's been rocking with us in two guns ever since it's been it's been pretty nice that's awesome I, yeah i i, I you, the way you describe tom that's exactly how he is like like ever since i met him uh, he, he's been the same person so i i i'm happy to hear that you know uh he, he's out there uh, you know i'm hanging out with you guys and doing cool stuff because he, he's definitely a, a a genuinely good dude yeah dude he's awesome he's uh he's like he's like the secret like weapon in our band like it's fucking crazy we were talking about the other day tom is like the wild card he's like he's always like the missing piece to every equation like we're trying to write a song tom has an idea that flips the whole song on its head and makes the song we're like trying to do some art tom like he had just from like doing working in merch companies and stuff like that and doing design you know he has a, a really in-depth like really good input and like opinion on art and the things we do like he definitely contributes a lot to our creative process so you know like like i said he's he's our secret weapon man he's our sweet genuine goofy secret weapon you know mm -hmm. hell yeah and the uh, demo hasn't been out for, for that long what just like a couple weeks at this point yeah uh, yeah just just about uh, a little over two weeks now and uh what's it been like for you guys to, to put out like that kind of stuff because it, it's on the the heavier side so i yeah, i think yeah. it's cool that, that you guys went th that route with it well uh as as you know like uh one of the one of the one of our friends that like helped me really 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 form my like hardcore music taste is our friend andrew machadi um mm. that plays in repeat offender um he played in colors for a little bit too and when he played in colors he introduced me to a lot of like a lot of music that really resonated with me that kind of set the foundation of my like musical identity and what i reference and what i think is sick and a lot of that stuff was like ringworm and integrity like i i know you remember how much like andrew was really into integrity when we were like younger mm -hmm. it was like one of his favorite bands and like he put that in me you know what i'm saying and a lot of the drumming style and how dark and like just like evil it was sounding like i just loved it you know and it always stuck with me show me like them steel nation and like pale horse and stuff like that and like that style of like that like really like hard like aggressive like metallic hardcore with like the double bass and shit that shit really 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 like resonated with me and um so I've always like had that interest in like playing that kind of like hardcore. Like I've always wanted to do like a band along those lines that was going to be a little more metallic and stuff like that. And, um, you know, once we started doing the Young Lords thing, like after a couple practices, you know, Eddie would just, you know, turn the distortion on the guitar and just like start playing hard riffs. And once everybody left, I would just hop on the drums, you know, kind of like dust off the cobwebs and just see like what I could play. And that turned into us like writing songs and, uh, you know, we were just like messing around, messing around. We wrote a couple things and it was whatever. But then I got super, super serious and asked our vocalist, who is this kid named Troy. He used to sing for a band called Easy Money from here. Mm -hmm. um, I got really serious and I met with Troy and I was like, hey, man, me and Eddie might start this band. I have a name. That's how it always starts. It's like you have like either a song or a name or, or whatever. I was like, I have a name. I know it's going to work. Like, what do you think about this? And Troy was like, I'm down. Let's do it. So then me and Troy linked just me and him, and I wrote two songs that are on the record by myself. Um, it's song three and song seven. I wrote, I wrote those uh, by myself. And when I wrote those, and I showed them to Eddie. Eddie was like, oh, I get it now. I know, I know what this band is supposed to be. I know what it's going to sound like. Let's keep going. And then from that moment on, like, it's just been so simple it's been so much fun it's been so easy to do since then like we really locked in and and and, and found our thing and and really 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 harnessed that so um 
it just made the the process like really it, it, everything's just been so organic like, i can't believe it like everything's just been working out with two guns like it's just like you know like i was watching like like youtube videos one day and some random video came across talking to me about this old abandoned uh ghost town here in arizona called two guns and i was like damn that's such a crazy name for a town i was like that'd be an even crazier name for a band and i was like oh wow light bulb just went off i was like that would be a crazy ass name for a band and i just started thinking to myself but what if the band was like a hard band but like it didn't like it wasn't like goofy hard it wasn't like you know like you know trying to be like this like street hard kind of thing you know like what if it was just dark and, and hard like mm. and that's it and um you know we just were kind of running with that we're just like you know like we we like our music heavy and we like it a little more on the dark and and darker side so we're trying to like really harness that with two with two guns and it's just it's just been it's just been nice all the pieces have really just fell into place i remember with the with the art um so i was just talking we were the band we were just talking the other day um it, me personally it's like my favorite art um any one of my bands have like ever ever had um it was so random dude like we just talked about it in passing i was talking to our singer troy and i was like man i was like the art would be fucking sick dude if we could just get like a picture of like you know cemetery gates and just like shop it to say the name of the record and our band name and he was like all right let me ask somebody and he asked a local artist um that does a lot of art for other bands and like huge hardcore bands and and bands outside of hardcore too this dude uh that goes by his name is jordan but he goes by piss war um he asked piss war he sent him our idea and he had it done in a week and it was ready to go and then we had the art for the record it was it was kind of crazy um but yeah two two guns also like uh with the name rest in peace um it's it's uh it's a whole thing with that band you know it's a it's a, it's a theme um our our singer i don't really want to fully put his um business out there but uh you know he has struggled with uh substance abuse in the past and um i'm sure with that and the name rest in peace you can put two and two together as to what is inspired his uh you know his lyrical content and uh the name behind the record um and we just you know kind of use that to set the tone with the band and we kind of just you know trying to stay supportive of him too and um keep him on a better path and and uh you know really support him and also make make something that we're all proud of in the process you know 100 percent yeah, and I, I've told you this privately. I, I told Tom privately, but um, like I, I think "Fear" is my favorite track off the the record. That, that's like I, when I was going through it. Like when I got to that track, I'm like, "Damn, this one just hits different." This is like, you know, that that's one just awesome. like stood out to me. That's awesome because that's my favorite song on the record too, mm -hmm. and uh, it was the last one that we wrote before we um, went into the studio. I remember me and Eddie, we were practicing all the songs, just me and him, before we had to record them, and um. At the last minute, Eddie was like, I kind of got these riffs and he started playing them. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, OK, play this riff first and then this one after and then this one at the at the end. And I'm going to play these drums. Let's try it. Dude, literally. First take was perfect. I was like, oh, fuck. I was, he was like, what do we want to do with this song? He was like, are we going to put it on the EP? Because we were going to call it EP at the time because it was only like seven songs. and It was pretty short. Mm -hmm. uh, once we got that song, I was like, we have to put it on the record. We have to make this a full length record now like it's it's got what it needs now like now it feels like a cohesive like album where it's balanced you know what i'm saying i feel like fear was like the missing track you know that it needed to like fully well round the album you know 
Um, so hell yeah, it's, um, I'm happy to hear that, man. That's 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 my favorite song too. Like I I, I genuinely love that song. Hell yeah, and as far as like the, the band, did you have any shows planned or uh, you know? Because I um, like, it's been a couple of weeks. We were, we were trying to like figure out um, a first show for Two Guns. Uh, it's been really hard to find a venue out here in Arizona right now. Uh, everywhere's booked up. Like I said, our scene is thriving. Mm-hmm. on all levels all the way across the board um with punk hardcore alternative rock shoegaze like everything like every scene is, go- is going off right now um so like all the with that being said like all the venues are, are pretty booked up so it's, it's kind of hard to to get something um you know specifically for us because we I, we definitely want to do uh, a, a banger show all locals you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i think it's going to be two guns uh, probably hopefully skin ticket and hopefully war prison if we can, you know, make it work. But that's what we're looking at right now. We're trying to get that, uh, the details for that worked out. But right now we did just shoot a music video that I think we're going to be dropping over the next week. So, um, we'll, we'll have a music video coming for that. And then hopefully some shirts, we'll put some shirts online because we've been cooking some designs behind the scenes too. So we got a couple things in the works, but for right now, first things first is going to be this music video. We're going to get this out and kind of like, you know, put a, put more face to the name, you know, for sure. You, you got to put that, that album art on a shirt. Oh, I know. Right. It's so sweet. Well, I want to make posters of it, man. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have to ask, um, Oh, sorry, hold on. One last thing. Uh, remember our, our, our mutual friend, uh, Jeff Yuma, um, yes, he had reached out to me about two guns. And one of the first things he said, he's like, Hey, he's like, he's like, it's crazy to see Anthony behind the kid again. And it's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's one of those people that, that remembers that, um, you know, you do other stuff besides playing the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's awesome too, man. I'm, I, I can't believe that, that people remember those things. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's crazy that, um, just in this music thing that I've just done with my friends, just as like, you know, just you know, talking shit and just like doing thing like just like random things with my friends and stuff like that with this music stuff. It's just like it's turned into that. Like people like know some history about me and myself and you know what I'm saying? Like my, my like just my past. And that's just crazy to me because like I remember seeing Jeff Yuma play Ignition. You know what I'm saying? I remember yeah. the stories of, of them flipping a car after playing Ignition in Palm Springs. So it's just like like I've always been aware of Jeff Yuma. He's always been like uh, a, a like a very important figure for like Yuma and Arizona hardcore. Like he's a very well respected person mm-hmm. throughout our entire community. You know what I'm saying? People that like now because it's a younger crop of kids, they're not as familiar. But the people that do know Jeff always put respect on his name because you have to. You, you you have to like that dude is like I said, he's such an important part of like Arizona music history and Beg for Life is too. You know. 100%. They still play shows. To, they still play shows to this day and kill it. Yeah, um, I saw them yeah. like two weeks ago. <laughs> I bet they were awesome. Yeah, they had two guitar players, and it was crazy to see because it was in L.A. So it was crazy to see all these younger kids from L.A. know the words and know the mosh parts. And I was like, oh, dang, this is this is weird because I wasn't sure how it was going to go for them because they hadn't played out here in a while. But yeah, kids are yeah. you know, kids are paying attention to these flyers and looking at bands that they see that are coming through. So it's, it's definitely um, you know a, a good thing. Yeah, absolutely, man. Because like, even even with how, because like, Beg for Life, they still play songs from like MySpace core days, you yeah. know. Um, and it's kind of fucking crazy, uh, just to see like how long like they have lasted. You know what I'm saying? Because if you take the time, if you see the name and you listen to a Beg for Life record, like it doesn't matter when it came out. Like that shit 
is still relevant to current hardcore like it's it's it holds up man. it really holds up um a lot of those riffs are fucking insane means their song means to an end mm-hmm. as like probably one of the like hardest modern mosh parts like ever bro like like straight up like i sometimes i put that shit on i mosh my couch down real quick this is fucking hard um so it's it's nice it's that's that's sick man i love to hear that like people are putting respect on beg for life and uh and i always love the people putting respect on jeff's name because you know he's been doing this shit this prison hill shit this yuma shit for a very 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 long time you know Mm -hmm. Uh, i'm not sure if if you um, know but um, he sings for a newer band called dim view no way i I didn't even know that yeah i I gotta send you their 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 band camp link because i'm i'm pretty sure they have like a couple songs up but um it it would be sick to see dim view and two guns play a show because i feel like you guys would like fit together pretty well oh i would love to i would love that i want to hear it like i want to hear it send send me that yeah Um, for sure i definitely will jeff jeff hit me about um he hit me up about two gun shows and was asking if when we do get our show going if uh, we could uh, throw beg for life on there too and i'm i'm all for it man like like i said like <laughs> you know that's some full circle shit with eddie too you know like that was his band that he like you know did a lot of touring in and a lot of shit and got his stripes in too so um, yeah i definitely want to i definitely want to see two guns and beg for life or his new band dim view like on a build together for sure for sure mm-hmm. okay and um obviously uh, two guns on um at water records you're representing the you know label with that teacher right now can, can you speak about them or wherever it is there it is <laughs> um Atwater, Atwater is shit, man. Um, the original drummer for Beautiful Ones is uh, a guy named Spencer, Spencer Ramirez, and uh, he does uh, a wellness store or a shop here in Arizona called Mount Sunny that's blown up over the years that him and his wife do. His wife is like, um, she's uh, like really, really, really like well versed in like Chinese medicine, mm-hmm. very educated in uh, Chinese medicine and uh healing and, and wellness and stuff like that so they have a whole uh shop out here dedicated to that and uh they've really uh grown it over the last years here and it's 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 uh i feel like at this point it's a very like important part of arizona um but uh you know he just had the idea to always start a record label i think with some of his friends when he was living in california in the atwater village uh you know, him and his friends, I think it was one of the guys that play in that band, Daisy Chain. Um, they just always had an idea to start a record label. And when we did Divine Hammer with uh, my friend Austin, like I mentioned earlier, uh, when we wrote our demo, uh, naturally I just sent it to all my friends just to be like, yo, what do you think of this? Like, we wrote this. Like, is it cool? Does it suck? Like, give me your honest opinion. And uh, Spencer is always one of those people that I bounced my music off of. And I sent him Divine Hammer. And he was like, this is awesome, dude. Let us press a cassette for you. I was like, let who press a cassette for us? And he was like, oh, me and Dandy from Daisy Chain, we've been talking about doing a record label for a really long time. This would be the perfect way to start it. We were like, okay, for sure. And, um, you know, uh, he, he did the first uh, Divine Hammer thing on cassette. And then he kind of just, you know, ran with it he uh you know scouted some bands for himself out in la i think he you know they ended up doing some stuff for daisy chain i think they did some stuff for luster too um uh mike ultra i think they did some stuff for mikey ultra too so um or ulta i i, damn, I, I forget what that dude's name is i don't i don't know what specifically don't quote me on that but uh then with all that like you know he really 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 they did some groundwork and got got some life into that label um 
uh, Divine Hammer was getting to a point where we were going to be releasing our debut, like actual EP that wasn't a demo. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Atwater was like, yo, let's press some vinyl. Like, let's do it. Like, let's press you guys some vinyl. And um, after that moment, we just kind of stuck with it. Like we had a, we had, once the, once the Divine Hammer vinyl like came, we were just like, damn, this is real. Like this is Atwater is like a real thing now. Like, you know, like it's valid. Like it's for sure. Now we have wax, we have vinyl, like it's here. Um, it's valid now. Um, after that, you know, we kind of revisited Beautiful Ones and we wrote a Beautiful Ones EP um, that came out in, I think, late 2017, early 2018. It's called the Beautiful Crew EP. Um, and uh, when we dropped that, we were like, yeah, let's, let's again, let's, let's maybe think about getting this to maybe a bigger label or something like that. And, uh, you know, so much time had passed. We weren't really relevant anymore. Um, people weren't as willing to, you know, pick up on beautiful ones so we're like all right that's cool that's no big deal we understand we know how it goes like you know we we have been absent so it's fair um spencer came on and was like hey man the record's really really good you should let me put it out on atwater and maybe we can run some cassettes or something so we did and uh that what that i feel like was like kind of the exclamation point like after that point we were like all right everything we do is probably going to be atwater from this point on just because uh you know, just with like the online distribution, like uploading it to streaming services and stuff like that. Like um, we see a lot of that back into the record label and ourselves. So it's like just like having our hand in that. We're just like this is this is our thing. Like we have a legitimate like collective and like home base for all of our creative out outlets. Like let's just let's just let's just go with that. Then like let's just bring it all home to Atwater because we can we can kind of build up this eclectic and diverse record label where like all the bands are so different from each other but if you listen to them like you're like oh but like they're they're doing something though you know what i'm saying like you can listen to 707s and then listen to two guns and then listen to divine hammer and listen to young lords and have no idea that those are all the same people you know I, I think it's smart, right? And then you also don't have to rely on trying to shop shit around when you can just kind of control the whole ship exactly exactly mm -hmm. and that's been a big point uh, a big like deciding factor for us too like just like having everything be so hands-on the way that like the way that hardcore is like it's 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 extremely hands-on extremely diy and uh why not have that like on all levels with our with our stuff and how we put out the music and and stuff like that so we're just like you know like we we, we can do it like we're, we're starting to see that like one thing that i wish we would have taken more serious with beautiful ones and why i'm so like uh regretful sometimes with that band it's like you know we didn't with beautiful ones we were so young we didn't re realize the platform that we really had we didn't really realize how far our reach could really go mm -hmm. we didn't understand the potential that we had and we kind of took it for granted and um we didn't do a lot of things right to like keep our band in the conversation with that stuff just because you know like just because of that so um this time around like with our with our new stuff and this atwater thing and all these new bands like and our platform it's like we don't we don't want to take it lightly this time we want to take it serious we want to really like you know just hone in and, and make sure that you know we're doing the things that we want to do we're doing them the right way now we're you know like just just doing things the way that we want them done and and taking our platform like a lot more serious and, and stuff like that because i just feel like in the, in the past like we just we just didn't we just didn't know we, we really didn't know you know mm -hmm. yeah now, now now we, we like fully re realize it. It's like, okay, well, we do have somewhat of a platform here. We 
we would be selling ourselves short to not like do something with this, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. You, you got to take advantage of that and just, uh, you know, help with, uh, putting your area, um, you know, on the map and just getting more people to, you know, look at you guys. And the fact that, um, you do realize that, uh, with the stuff that you're doing is affecting people and you have a voice and that people will actually pay attention to what you're saying and what you're doing. I, I think that's really cool that you guys are realizing that now. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. Cause like, you know, I'm able to look at like our, our streaming numbers and stuff like that. And it's like, um, you know, like all of our stuff is really word of mouth. Like we don't go through any like, you know, uh, like blogs or like music platforms or anything like that. Like to we don't rely on that stuff to promote our music. We all kind of do it, you know, very organically word of mouth just on like Twitter and Instagram. And um, even with that, like just like seeing how far like our own personal like like reach is is really fucking crazy because just in the last like two weeks like the two guns uh lp has been streamed like almost seven thousand we almost had like seven thousand streams on spotify and like in the in the bit in the grand scheme of things to other hardcore bands like they, they get that in like a day or two like it's nothing for them but to us like you know we don't we don't have the backing of of platforms like pushing our shit to the masses like we don't have a uh, record label that like everybody is checking for for like hot new bands and stuff like that. We're we're very much in our you know on our own island. And the fact that it like six thousand streams on Spotify for something that we just put out word of mouth is amazing to us. Like and it's and it's really, really it's much more satisfying. You know, like we get to see that right in front of us. Like we get to see the bands grow now, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's 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 really rewarding and it's really awesome. And like that that is keeping us like making this music you know what i'm saying like having it be that hands-on and seeing like the reach of it same thing with 707s like we're slowly watching 707s grow from the first ep to now like just watching those numbers go up and up more and more it's just like it's it's mind-blowing to me you know it's 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 really nice like you really like i finally like am realizing like the the reach of my of my platform and it's and it's and i'm trying to just you know do something with that, you know, 100%. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that is awesome to have that organic growth and that word of mouth, because I feel like sometimes that goes uh, a, a long way to have like that genuine, uh, you know, um, I- interaction and not these just like random clicks just because you're in like, you know, some blog or uh, random, Absolutely. you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, no, th- th- that's good. Like, like I said, I, I originally checked out two guns because uh, I-, I saw Tom posting about it. So I, I, I think, uh, you know, that way is, uh, better and way more organic. So I, I definitely support that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. We feel the same way. And that's, uh, that's, uh, another thing that another word that keeps, uh, reoccurring in our conversations is how organic everything is. Like, you know, like we're not like forcing any of these bands to be what they are. It's just like, we just get together and this is just actually what we end up playing. And like, when it comes to like the art and like posting about it, it's just, like naturally, like, this is like it's like when we post about 707s and we post all the silly memes and stuff like that it's so different from the silly stupid shit that i would normally post for myself like regularly you know what i'm saying like it's just like it's all just organic man it's just like we're all just unapologetically like ourselves and um we're just taking that and letting those like identities like really 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 showcase them in our music you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and really 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 just like put our personalities into it too you know 100 percent. well i can tell because uh you know i i 
not the biggest fan of when it, when it comes to like the super like you know the heavier side of stuff but w- when i listen to, to two guns i'm like damn this actually uh you know stands out to me and you know that's why i i, I reached out to to you to do this because i'm i'm such a fan of the band and so i, I, I appreciate, appreciate that, that a lot man mm-hmm. I, I really genuinely appreciate that we're we want to do so much with two guns because we feel like it has so much potential and um just like the things that we're talking about that we have in the works for it right now are just like they're so exciting, you know, and I don't want to like put too much out there in case it doesn't happen. But just know that like we we have some real plans to do some some cool shit with that band, not on a not on a touring level either. Just to just as like releasing content, mm-hmm. just doing stuff that like releasing stuff that people can just, you know, engage with and just, you know, really take in. 100%. We got some we got some good plans. We got some good creative minds in that in that uh, in the pot for that. So. To, that, that'll be something to watch i do have like since we've talked i told you that i do have like four projects that are going to be releasing music and we've talked about the you know young lords two guns and 707 those are the three mm-hmm. but i do have one that i've been working on um behind the scenes that i haven't really been putting out that much that's it's been something that i think we're going to be dropping in the next couple of weeks or so we're just waiting for the art for it okay and it's like i really wanted to Arizona has this thing where we have like a bunch of like hardcore people like coming here to like kind of low key, like just like chill out and live a quiet life. Like we saw, we see Tom over here, like moving over here with his girlfriend and they're just kind of chilling, doing their thing. But like that happens with a lot of like older heads and hardcore, like a lot of people have moved to here. Mm-hmm. Um, Roger Murray from Agnostic Front. Mm-hmm. I, I was just going to bring him up. Yeah. I don't know if he still lives here, but he, he was living in Scottsdale at one point. Um, which was so awesome. We, when we were touring with Alpha and Omega, we, uh, we uh, met Agnostic Front in Europe and we played a show with them and we got to chopping it up. And uh, Luis was talking to Roger and was like, Roger was like, yeah, man, I'm living out in Arizona and Scottsdale. And Luis turns around and points to me and James, um, the other guitar player, beautiful ones who was filling in for Alpha and Omega too. He was like, hey, these fools are from Arizona. You should talk to them. <laughs> and we chopped it up and Roger Moreira was like, yeah, man, I'm just out there with my kids. I was like, dude, I just had a kid. He was like, dude, we should hang out. I was like, oh, shit. Roger Murray wants to have a play date with me. That's fucking crazy. I never followed up with him, but, like, it was just so gnarly. Like, that That's that just being embraced by, like, a legend like that just because we live in the same, like, area was so crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that dude has done so many legendary things. He's, you know, direct influence on modern hardcore is insane. It can be heard and referenced in almost every band. So it's just, like, the fact that I was able to just, like, just, oh, man, it's just so crazy. But, um back to what i was talking about just like having like older heads and hardcore come here to like you know kind of just do their thing um i really wanted to start like in all arizona like legendary like super like not like superstar but like all-star band essentially and i wanted it to just like i just had this idea like again like every band starts with a weird random idea and i just had an idea of like what if it was like the one transplant being me that like you know kind of like became like that got like notoriety from like doing my band that was an Arizona band. Mm -hmm. And then what if it was someone who was already a staple in Arizona, um, in Phoenix and, uh, which was our singer, uh, who was the drummer of beautiful ones, not the laws. You know, what if we had somebody that was actually born and raised here in Phoenix? And then we brought someone else from Tucson, the other side of Arizona that, uh, doesn't get as, that, that doesn't get as much recognition, not because like, um, because like they don't like contribute but because like it's just hard to get on in arizona but what if we brought in this kid from tucson um that sings for a band called get a grip 
uh, his name's Gabe. I know Gabe. What if we bring him to play? Well, yeah, what if we bring Gabe to play drums? Mm-hmm. And uh, what if we had, you know, the, the Phoenix, the uh, the Tucson, the Transplant, and then what if we had just like a one legendary person? Um, and we ended up, we, we've always been kind of really good friends with uh, Derek Scase, the bass player of Cold World. He ended up uh, moving out here and we met him through, uh, you know, a legendary hardcore photographer, Manny Maris. Um, who was also a part of our friend group. He was really good friends with Derek. And, uh, you know, he introduced us. He introduced Derek to everybody. And uh, Derek Lowkey, when we were doing Divine Hammer, he was, him and um, our singer Austin would always talk about music and stuff like that um, and geek out. And, and they would always talk about, like, maybe potentially making music together one day. And uh, with Austin passing, like, me and, uh, me, and little G- me and Gabe, we started linking and, and writing, like, songs over the pandemic, too. And we wrote about like three songs and we got to a point where it was just like, I'm playing guitar, he's playing drums. We were like, damn, we need someone on bass. Who could we ask? And I was like, man, like I kind of wanted to save this for like something kind of serious. But like, you know, I always knew that like Austin and and Skase were talking about at some point making music together. I was like, I could reach out to Skase and ask him if he'd be interested. And um, I was like, we can go from there. And I reached out to him and and it was the same. Same thing like what happened with Tom, like Skate showed up to practice, heard what we were working on and was like, this is cool. And he just kept showing up. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> he, just, like, he, he just like kept coming to the practices and like he and when it came to recording, like he really stepped up and, uh, you know, really let himself shine with like the bass lines and just like overall input and just like how things should sound. And uh, it's just been really cool, man, doing like something with like all like of that I consider like legends, you know, myself excluded. Like, I just think that I think the world of like Gabe and like what he's done with his scene in Tucson and his band now and his previous bands and what he continues to do, like Gabe really inspiring person creatively, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like the Arizona music scene in general goes and Nato, Nato, the, the guy who sings, he was a drummer for beautiful ones. He stepped in after uh, Spencer Atwater like left and uh he's just like he's the reason Nato and spencer are the reason i stopped playing drums when i moved to arizona you know what i'm saying like when i moved here like i was a drummer like full fully fledged fully submerged in it like straight up i only had drum brain for music and when i moved here and i met Nato and spencer and i like seeing them play drums i was like these dudes are so much better than drum at drums than me like i never have to play drums again so i'm not going to and um you know what i'm saying like just like having him do the vocals like i just have so much respect for nato and like just like like him as a person to, to skase being someone who you know contributed so much hardcore music that that was so um that just contributed so much to like my my younger years and my childhood and like high school and stuff like that it was just like very much like some of those cold world records and like stuff like that like got me through shit you know what i'm saying like help like shape my musical taste and that's just cold world like you know like he's done stuff with like pegasus that like i love the pegasus shit when it came out when that shit hit the bridge nine board oh man i was all over pegasus man i really 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 loved that band and, and just like from his past bands i think he's you know played with like uh righteous jams and stuff like that and uh i think he played in rampage for a little bit too like just like all of, all of just like his past bands just crazy like like that like clint being able to be in a band with that guy like it's just it's 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 really it's been really awesome man and just being embraced by all those people too and them really trusting me create creatively to like you know really 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 quarterback the songwriting and uh, you know put the musical stuff together it was 
it was great, man. It's, it was, it was really, uh, really gratifying, really satisfying. And, um, it was, a, it was a cool thing, but, uh, we wrote, um, a five song, we wrote seven songs, ended up only keeping five of them. We wrote an EP, um, that we're going to be dropping soon. And the band name for that is going to be paradise. Paradise. Okay. Awesome. So I'll, I'll definitely keep in, uh, you know, an eye out for that. Cause I'm, I'm really interested because, uh, you know, Gabe's uh, been on the podcast before, uh, you know, try to get a grip. I mean, he's always been a, a, you know, a good dude towards me. So I, I definitely appreciate him. So I'm, I'm definitely yeah, looking yeah. forward to um, you hearing this new music from you guys. It's, uh, we're, we're really excited to get it out, man. Like, uh, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, it's my style of guitar playing. Um, we just, we just wanted to do something legendary, man. Like, you know, paradise has no plans to, to really be like a, like a band band. Like there's no plans to, to, to play shows. Uh, Skase actually just moved out of Arizona, like, like a week ago. So he's going to be gone. He's moving back to the East coast, um, with his, uh, with his wife and his daughter. So, um, or his, his girlfriend and his daughter. Um, but, uh, yeah. So like, that's kind of gonna really like stop that thing in its tracks we really just wanted to put this music out because we think it's so cool and it's so exciting and it's so fun to listen to Mm -hmm. um we more so just wanted to do something legendary like it was you know a lot of the things that he did back in the day like he did bands where they would just you know drop stuff and you know you never hear about them again and like i mentioned just right now with pegasus like that was something like that you know what i'm saying like so like paradise is like going to be a thing that like if people do like it maybe we can work out something where we'll play a show at some point but it's not show driven it's mm-hmm. more so just like creatively we just want to put this music out you know we just, sure. to, we just wanted to bring all of those personalities together and put them on one record together and see if it could work and in our opinion it did you know we'll, we'll see what the masses think about it when we put that out but as far as like music in the vault that we'll be dropping for the year that should that should be everything that we had that we were trying to drop mm-hmm. everything that we've been sitting on once paradise comes out like that should be the last of it then we'll be moving forward to our next plan of ideas our next batch of like stuff that we want to do because even with two guns like we have an idea for our next release already and what we want to do with that the 707s we're working on our next release right now um paradise like we were in our group chat or our no uh, not in our group chat uh gabe had hit me on the side just asking like if we wanted to like maybe write another batch of songs soon so like you know like the wheels are turning for the next batch of like releases like already so mm-hmm. that's cool we'll i'm be- definitely happy to hear that you guys are staying busy out there because so far it's been good so i'm definitely looking forward to the future of everything that you're working on thank you thank you i appreciate it all right uh, and last thing i wanted to bring up what you mentioned briefly earlier i, I wanted to um get to this like burger pop-up thing that i i've, I've seen you um, post before I, i'm just curious um you know what that whole thing is about because when i look at the pictures of, of the burgers i've definitely spent like you know um, some time on instagram staring at those burgers and thinking like damn <laughs> this shit looks so good <laughs> they are so good man it's the best burger in arizona bar none straight up <laughs> but uh um it's uh it's uh, Bad Jimmy's is a burger pop-up done by the guitar player, the other guitar player, Beautiful Ones, James Piazza. Um, James, in playing in Beautiful Ones, his job has always been working with uh, in restaurants, working in food, um, in the kitchen. And he worked with a very uh, well-respected uh, chef, a pizza chef, um, Chris Bianco. He does Pizzeria Bianco and, and stuff like that. It's in the food world, like, it's, it's everything, like that dude is, is chris bianco is is, is a legend mm-hmm. um, 
Uh, so James was working directly under him for a very long time. Um, and they did a lot of great things together. He even moved to LA to like help him open a restaurant out there. He ended up getting plugged in. I think he was cooking for uh, Jimmy Kimmel for a couple times too. James was, but he was just getting his stripes in the, in the cooking world, you know, like kind of really making a name for himself. And, um, he he just took that and kind of came up with his own concept like he noticed in i think in california they were kind of having this like in la they were having this like this resurgence of like pop-up like are not resurgence but like this kind of boom of like pop-up like burger spots like smash burger spots and uh you know he was inspired by that he wanted to bring that to arizona and and kind of bring that here because we don't really have something like that here so he was like what if what if you know what if i brought that to you know the desert real quick and just saw how it went and uh he did, man, and it's been it's been really successful. Like it's 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 been a really it's been really cool to see. Like I've I've been able to I've been fortunate enough to like help him out a couple times. He's asked me to like pop in and and help and roll up my sleeves and help out a couple times, and it's been a blast every time. But uh, like that dude, he has uh, huge things in the works with that company. I think he's in he's in Texas right now. He's in Houston, um, spreading the good word of Bad Jimmy's uh, burgers and fries. <laughs> so uh, you know, like he's he's going hard with it hell yeah that that, that that's awesome i i love hearing people just kind of uh you know getting this idea and then just you know bringing it to life and you're having success with it because yeah yeah because sure. I, I feel like sometimes people think that things that they want to do might sound like unattainable or you know too much of a reach but you're never going to know if you don't try absolutely absolutely and uh he's he's going man it's, and it's so cool to see like i'm so proud of him and i'm so happy for him because like uh, again, man, like, like, you know, like our lives were so chaotic at some point and they were just getting so like stressful with like how we were living with like the touring and like barely being home and stuff like that. That like, it's so awesome to see that, like, you know, he's planted his feet and he's really, 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 you know, doing something that he really believes in that is also like, you know, setting himself up to like take care of himself, you know, on mm -hmm. his own. It's really, it's really cool to see. It's also really inspiring. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like right now in Arizona, like everybody is getting inspired by each other. Like, you know, like the, the, the inspiration is, is, is just like everybody inspires each other. And I mean, that might not be accurate, but for, uh, for me, myself, like I'm seeing everybody doing things and I'm extremely inspired by everything, you know, like there's just, there's just, I just feel like there's so much greatness and so much talent in this state right now. And I can't wait for the moment where it's fully, fully, fully cracked open and everybody like fully, fully, fully sees it, you know, hundred percent. Well, Anthony, this has been awesome. And like I said, I, I feel like this has uh, been long overdue. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to do this. Cause like I said, it's rare to, to be able to talk to somebody from where we come from, um, you know, and still, uh, you know, know them to be a part of hardcore and still doing stuff actively. So, um, I, I, like I said, I, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Dude, I, I appreciate you asking me to do this. Like, mm -hmm. really, like, I, I genuinely appreciate it. I've seen you uh, doing the podcast and, like, traveling, going to Hardcore Fest and, and really, really, really doing this shit, man. And to hear that you're booking shows in Orange County, like, that's awesome, man. Keep going with it. Like, like it's it's it, it only gets cooler. You know what I'm saying? Like, the, the, the more you put into it, the more you get back in. And I love to, you know, see you doing things like this, like, keeping you know, the, you know, interviewing people within the scene throughout the scene, like keeping that stuff going, man. It's awesome to see. I'm, I'm genuinely like happy and proud of you too, man. Like you've like, we both come from that same place, man. And it's a, uh, takes a lot to get out of there and to get to where we are now. And I'm just seeing you and, and your, and your progression. Like it's awesome, man. 
I'm happy for you too. Thank you for asking me to be a part of this. I, I really appreciate it. No, for sure. No, I, I appreciate the kind words. Uh, but before we sign off, is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, listen to bands from Arizona, man. Listen to Skin Ticket. Listen to War Prison. Listen to Glixon. I don't know if I pronounced that right or wrong, but listen to Glixon. Like, listen to Hollywood Slasher. Like, listen to these bands from here. Listen to Arms Reach. Uh, Free from Concern. Like, listen to these bands, man. They're 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 good. They're good. Um, that's that's really it. Gate Creeper and Get the Grip is God. You know. For sure. All right. Well, thank you, Anthony. Thank you, everybody who tuned in, and we'll be back soon. <laughs>